This is a Rooster Teeth production. We're good. I'm just looking. Oh, I, I, I thought I thought you were looking at this. No, I'm just looking at it. Oh, okay. It's a cool, it's a cool little recorder. He's producing the producer right now. Uh, executive producing. But <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> no, if you're executive producing, you'd be on a beach somewhere. That's what's your my ties. Yeah. Wherever you, however you want to start it, it starts now. So this morning. Well, hold on. What? Good morning, Gus. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Good morning, Gus. So this morning, we decided to get coffee from Flight Path, which is a, a coffee shop close to our studio. And it's called Flight Path because it used to be close to the airport, which we covered in episode one. We did, yes. But it's now no longer anywhere near the airport, but it's still called Flight Path. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of how like the, the LA Lakers are called the Lakers. <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah. But the Utah they Jazz. Used, used to be in yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. Or Utah Jazz is a good one. Uh, yeah. So it's called Flight Path. But it's nowhere near the airport. It's close to Airport Boulevard, which strangely still does run to the airport, even though they moved the airport. That is a good, yeah, that's interesting. It's, it's like they didn't have to rename the street. Uh, a lot of history. They, uh, <laughs> the, uh, there were a lot of people studying. I guess it's around finals time, maybe. There were a lot of people studying at Flight Path. So. Yeah, you've always been a big Flight Path fan. I like Flight Path a lot. Uh, I think I got an iced coffee. Uh, look at it, 8 out of 10. It's solid. They're, well, they're rather, solid, Eric yeah. got me one, but it's fantastic. The, my issue with Flight Path... It, I love Flight Path. It reminds me of coffee shops from college towns in the 90s. Yeah. Which, but you say in that the like it's a bad ways, thing. In the best ways. Okay. The, my issue with Flight Path is the same as my issue with Binu, uh, which is just I go there and I feel like if I make a noise, I'm I'm, uh, I'm ruining somebody's day. It is very library It's very studious. Yeah. yeah people, I, like, I like that. I'm a quiet person. You are. Uh, people, uh, however, you're doing an audio podcast right now. So people, uh, <laughs> people at Flight Path do not want to be disturbed. With our nonsense. So we came up the street a little bit. We walked two blocks up the street to a pizza restaurant. Yeah, but it's not open. It's not. They're not open. So we're sitting at the the picnic table outside a pizza restaurant. It's Home Slice. It's the, their location on North Loop. Do you remember what this used to be before it was Home Slice, Jeff? I don't. You told me, you started to tell me a story on the walk that I asked you to stop because okay. I have no memory of this. But this also reminds me, after that, we have a connection to Home Slice. Okay. That we could get oh, into. Okay, yeah, I think I, I know where you're going. I think with you that. know. You probably remember that. Yeah. Uh, so you, <laughs> I remember that this was a paper store for a while, oh. kind of like a Scott, like kind of like a like a the office, like Michael yeah. Scott's kind of. Huh. For well, a while. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about after that. Then. Okay. So the, I don't. This place opened. Uh, it opened as a pizza place like three or four, three years ago, I think. Yeah. Before that, there was a. There used to be a little uh, trailer here. Remember, it was like a Melvin's Deli. There's yes, a little yes, uh, yes, yes. red trailer here. They had great Rubens, uh, but they're gone. Uh, but before that, when this was still open, after it was a paper place, this was a pediatrician's office. Uh, it was a doctor's office. And out front here, kind of where that white truck's parked over there, kind of by the the accessible parking, there used to be a little merry-go-round, like a little carousel, <gasps> like the kind you put a quarter in, like yes, outside of was. the grocery stores back in the 80s. And you and I were driving by, I think we were going to garage sales one Saturday, and we were driving by the street here, and we were like, oh my god, holy shit, look at that old carousel, that old so, merry-go-round. this is 2004? No, no, it was before that. No, this would have been like... Oh, 02 or 01. Okay, yeah. So maybe okay. about 20 years ago, we were like, oh shit, look at that little carousel, let's get down and take pictures on it and ride it. So we were like 25 or so, so we like stopped the car, pulled in over here, like, or like crawling all over this merry-go-round, like taking pictures, being real jackasses, and then like... The doctor and some nurses come out. They're apparently the, the place was open. We didn't realize it. <laughs> and they started yelling at us. <laughs> and we just, like, booked it back into the car and took off driving in that direction down Grown the loop. cheese it. <laughs> uh, you remember that now? I do. I vaguely remember it was that. Right, it was right here. I forgot that we used to do, uh, we used to do a fair amount of that. Like, we would see... 
Like I have a vague memory of us taking pictures riding somebody's stone gorilla. Yeah, over that, like off Westland. Yeah, that was over in Clarksville. Yeah, that gorilla's still there. Yeah. yeah, we used to we used to be fucking stupid and yet obnoxious. Yeah, <laughs> we were more yeah we were more obnoxious with our stupidity. I feel like we're we're uh, we're uh, mature and reserved well, idiots now. We don't shove our obnoxiousness in people's faces anymore. Now it's like if they want it, they can seek out the obnoxiousness and consume it. Yeah, it's not like there going go. out and. And, and doing stuff and, and bothering people who are just trying to live their lives. Do you know our other... Con- I actually realized when I was mentioning the other, I have two connections to Home Slice. You do. Uh, the f- the one that I was going to mention, though, is is through our business, Rooster Teeth. Do you mm-hmm. remember wh- why we are tied to, to Home Slice? The mural. The mural, yeah. yeah. When the original Home Slice opened up on South Congress, you know, it was designed... Uh, if you're in Austin, you know exactly what we're talking about. And if you're not, uh, it was designed like a kind of a like a carnival, yeah. big top kind of pizza-y. Uh, and they had this huge, gorgeous mural with like an elephant holding a pizza. And it was just very well done. And we were working downtown at the time. We yep. had our, our office at 7th and Congress. Yep. And which was above uh, above the pita pit. Yep. Used to be a Wendy's. Used to be a Wendy's. Uh, we were we, there was the upstairs dining room of a Wendy's. Yeah. When we moved in, we had to rip out uh, all the. I remember half of that Wendy's was bathrooms. We had to rip. There was like eight. There was like eight stalls. There were so many stalls and urinals. Yeah. Why were there? And it was all upstairs. Yeah. All why upstairs. Was, why? So it was like forty percent bathroom, and so we uh, like I remember where we made red versus blue for those many years. Was in the men's bathroom, uh, or women's bathroom? It was the women's it was bathroom. At the, we had yeah. to rip out the women's bathroom, and so like three seasons of Red versus Blue were made in the women's bathroom of a Wendy's. Uh, <laughs> converted, converted. The uh, uh, Cap Metro came by. That we call that texture. Uh, that's some. Yeah, uh, that's, that's some ear texture. Ear texture. Uh, yeah. So a converted women's bathroom. Uh, nobody was currently peeing uh, in that room at that time. Uh, and so we had an idea, I believe it was probably Matt's idea, he always had the good ones, to do a, a live act. We were, we were getting kind of branching out from animation. We wanted to do live action stuff. Like Bernie and Matt had just bought a red camera. Yeah. And I remember this because I remember being so frustrated with those guys for about three years because they bought this. We were, we were some of the first people in America to get a red camera. And we had talked about how we wanted, Bernie and Matt were filmmakers. They wanted to, they made a film in college. Uh, at UT, and they wanted to get back into filmmaking. Gus and I... Live-action filmmaking. Live-action filmmaking. Gus and I didn't give a fuck. We just wanted to make stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, we just wanted to internet. be creative. Whatever. Do internet, whatever. But so we bought all this camera equipment, and then we were talking about making a movie. And then they found out about the red, and they were like, well, we can't make the movie till we get the red because the quality is going to be so much better. Right, obviously. So then we waited like six months, and then we finally get the red, and then we're like, all right, let's make something. And then they go, well, we need to spend some time getting used to the red and getting to know it. And I just remember it was like this dangling carrot where we never quite got to the thing. One of those series, or one of those things they wanted to do was they wanted to make a show called Advertism. Oh, you're saying the name. Oh, why not? I don't know. Uh, I think we've mentioned it before. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, The show was called Advertism, and it was about an advertising agency that (laughs) was like an aggressive advertising agency. I thought it was a phenomenal idea. It's a great idea. Don't steal this. Copyright. We would go, and we would say, like, we're going to make a Ford commercial. And then we would just make this ridiculous Ford commercial and then invoice Ford. And say, we would would put the commercial out on the internet and send them an invoice. And then send them an invoice. See if they'd pay. That's fucking genius. We that got is so such far, a good idea. I remember we cast for it, like yeah. we, and I don't know where it fell down, but we needed an office environment, so we 
hired the people who made the mural at Home Slice, a company called Blue Genie Blue Art, mm-hmm. uh, and it was the the main guy Rory, I believe. Yeah, it was Rory. Incredibly talented, it, it, like the epitome of old Austin, kind of just like Austin, like Austin artist in the '90s kind of guy. Just like and he, I mean, he, like serious. He knew his shit. Like, knew his yeah. shit. It was just like easy going just he was everything that was right about it was everything that attracted me to austin and so we were really excited to work with him and we had him make this oppressive mural that was in latin i don't remember what the latin is off the top of my it head it was like uh work consume and redouble your efforts yeah that's what it meant work oh, consume it was redouble a your Voro efforts. in gemino uh something so i don't remember shit and it was this big blue dystopian like a factory with men in suits going in and out Laboris. and there were what's that Voro in Gemino Laboris. <laughs> okay. Something okay, like well, that. Well, don't, don't Harry Potter curse me. Uh, and there were, like, B2 bombers in it. And it was just, like, it was really depressing. It was like if capitalism had propaganda the way that communism did during the Cold War. Exactly. That's that, a great that way to like describe the, it. The, the idea behind it. And so we built this mural. We hired them. They spent months making it. They came and they installed it. It took up the entire wall of our office. And then we never made the show. And that mural's still in the office. That's still so. That's what that's from. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what that was. Supposed I had to, to look be. at that the whole time. <laughs> yeah, which apparently I, I hear a lot of employees don't like, and it makes them feel uncomfortable. Do you but know it, why? Well, Nobody knows the origin, right, like, <laughs> but it's just oppressive capitalist propaganda that we have to look at every day. So it's in our office. It's in our break room. <laughs> the reason we kept it is is totally too. It's ridiculous. It's uh, we have a uh, or at the time we had a uh, airplane hangar at the Austin Film Studios, and the the office we moved to was so big that we just stuck it on the wall to remind us this mural used to be the entirety of our workspace. Right now it's like lost in this giant wall. So for us, it makes us feel good every time we see it. Like, oh, we made yeah. it. Hey, look at that. Oh, that's really great for the four of you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should tell more people that story. You should tell anyone that story. <laughs> well, maybe they'll listen to this podcast. Oh my god. Yeah. It was a it's it's a it's a really cool mural. I like it. The other story I have related to Home Slices, the lady who owns and started Home Slice, her and her husband or partner, uh, uh, I actually don't know that setup. I just know that two people started Home Slice. They both worked at Dell, I believe, or Intel, and they quit their job and created pizza. this awesome, awesome pizza restaurant. I don't know how true the stories are, but supposedly they used to like fly the dough in from New York City back in the early days. And I know they would send employees out to go work in uh, pizzerias in New York for like two month stints to like kind of really get into the weeds of how to make good New York City pizza and come back. And I went to a New Year's Eve party like one of those ones where it's like it was like a fancy dinner, like a multi-course dinner, and I ended up sitting next to the lady who started Home Slice. Hmm. Uh, it's the only time I've ever spoken to her. It was just like so, just like dinner chat. She was very lovely, uh, and I had had my dog, uh, who recently died, my bull terrier, and uh, I couldn't figure out what to name her. And we had been going round and round trying to figure out what to name her. We'd had her for over a month, and uh, she goes, uh, "Oh, you should name her Arrow." Really? That's where that name came and from? I went, like, wh- excuse me? And she goes, you know, like the old cartoon from the 70s about the, the kid, and he's got the dog that's got an arrow face, and it looks just like your dog. And I went, oh, yeah. And that's why we named her Arrow. I had no idea. I've never idea. spoken to that lady since, but I had that dog for 12 years, and she she named my dog. I had no idea that was the origin of that dog's name. Yeah, from a New Year's Eve party over on the east side. That's crazy. Yeah, dinner party. And 
uh, now our listeners are listening to the composting recycling uh, truck. Audi- it down. Audio texture. It's yeah, audio yeah, texture. We're getting a lot of audio texture yeah. in episode well, three. I think that was the goal with this podcast is, yeah. you know, is to, you know, one, go to different locations and, you know, like we started this episode, talk about the stories that it evokes in our memory. And two, like have the sounds of the city and the sounds of the things that are going on to try to like convey that local feeling to people who maybe have never visited here. Well, and also, I mean, this podcast is is in a lot of ways uh, a, lo- a love letter to our friendship, but a- a- at least in, in my, uh-huh. uh, you, it might friendship. be a love letter to our co-workership yeah, to you, yeah. uh, Acquaintance <laughs> in my estimation, but it's also by far a love letter to Austin, right? For sure. And I probably wouldn't have even thought about the Arrow story if we weren't sitting in the parking lot of the second location of this. Well, I think that's the restaurant. great thing is we spend so much time in the city that wherever we go, we're gonna have city, we're gonna have stories. Like we were walking yeah. here, we pointed at the house over there. We're like, oh, remember Nick used to live in that house. Our like, friend Nick. <laughs> we would visit him over here. Who worked at the tech support company, who uh, where we started Rooster Teeth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I remember at the time visiting him up here, being like, man, that guy lives in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> 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 it's like, man, that like all the houses here That's must be awesome. like million dollar plus houses. And I feel I feel bad for some of these people because you know we're right on Duval. This is a busy street, and like these people over here have a sign that's like, please don't park here. Yeah, please, like, for God's sake. Home Slice gets so busy, and their parking lot's so small that like this street just becomes flooded with cars and people trying to park, and it's a it's a mess. At, at least. The, the sign is on the curb. I see sometimes people will put those signs out, like, in the street and block actual parking spots. Like, you can't actually do that. That's the best way to do it. Like, please yeah. don't park here. Yeah, just, like, uh, come on, guys. Not no parking. Just, like, come on, don't, don't be a dick. Uh, keep keep Austin parkable. Yeah, let me save my spot. Um, can I prompt you guys again? Yeah, please do. Uh, so last time you talked about uh, sort of uh, working jobs to get to that call center job yeah. and everything, right? So, w- did you guys get hired at the same time, or was it around the same time? Like, I don't know, like, how that all sort of worked. I got hired almost a year before Jeff. I got hired in, f- like, the February, like the first couple days of February 1998 uh, was when I started. And I worked there for almost a year before Jeff got hired. By the time Jeff got hired, I was a... So there were different tiers of technicians. Like when you first get hired, you're a level one technician, just take whatever calls. Then if you do well enough, you got promoted to a level two technician where you would wait for the calls that the level ones couldn't fix and they would transfer it to you and you would fix it. Or you'd do callbacks if you needed an appointment. And then if you stuck around long enough, you became a manager. And you would you know, Team man- leader, as they were leader. called. Yeah. So I, when Jeff got hired, I was at the point where I was making the transition from level two technician to team leader. And Jeff was a level one technician when he got hired, but he worked for a different team leader. Yeah, uh, I don't remember. Oh, Brian. I remember. Uh, yeah, or Paul, Brian. I think I worked for Brian. You worked for Brian initially, and then I think you you got eventually transferred to Dave by the time you were level two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember uh, Dave and I were both team leaders at the time, and Dave Dave didn't like you. Ah, uh, you know what and are you gonna do? I remember like when you got hired. Like, <laughs> I don't remember being crazy about Dave either. You were uh, you were like a phenomenal call taker. Like all your times. Like there's a big metric in call centers, right? Like the times and. Like, how quickly you can uh, resolve an issue. Like, all of Jeff's times didn't make sense. Like, everyone was like, is he hanging up on people? Like, is he not resolving these calls? Like, this is, like, all these numbers are way too good. And uh, so Jeff was like a phenom at the call center. I, 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 you know, I will toot my own horn. Uh, The average call time at that place was eight minutes. That was what the, that was the goal you wanted to hit. Was, this is an outsourced tech support company, so it was, 
Windows 95 and people with Windows NT, Windows 3.1, Windows 95 calling in, having trouble with their dial-up internet connections. At least that's what it was at the time. Yeah. Uh, we were there long enough to go th into broadband uh, a little bit. Uh, however, so you would shoot for an eight-minute call time. And I was trying to get from, you start as a trainee, and then you get promoted to level one. Trainee made six fifty an hour. Level one made $8 an hour. I was 23 and married and uh, had just gotten out of the military, was kind of shell-shocked from that. Uh, not literally. Not literally, yeah. I'm not, not like I had like literal PTSD. Just like I just had spent my only five adult years in the military, and I was transitioning into the real world and trying to figure out what the fuck I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to go to college. Uh, and so I... Uh, I was also uh, Generation X, the last generation of people who wanted to go to work at a company, work 20 years there, get your ro your Rolex and retire. We wanted to, but we realized <laughs> that was not happening. That, that, that ship had sailed for us. Yeah. yeah, but so I viewed that company, the day the day job telenetwork, as an opportunity for that. And I needed to get that extra dollar fifty quickly. And the team leader, or level two, made $10 an hour. And the fastest anybody had ever been promoted to level two was like a year and a half. And I made and it that a was goal. Me. And that was Gus. <laughs> I made it a goal. I got promoted to level two in four months. Whoa. My average call time was th like three and a half minutes. Yeah, we kept monitoring his calls. Like, we were like, he's hanging up. We're like, he's doing something wrong. Like, we would monitor his calls and be like, what's he doing wrong? Like, no, he's well, nailing it. He's killing it every time. He's, he's doing it absolutely right. And I was just so hyper-focused on making more money that I made it my goal to be the best person at a tech support company in Austin, Texas, in the world. Uh, just because I was, I was desperate for cash. And for, like, some sort of purchase... In, in my life, like something to like, I needed some sort of direction, something to work toward. And uh, interesting, there was another dude at that place named Jeff, J. Jeff. I'm a G. Jeff. And Je Jeff, well, you can beep it. Jeff. Oh yeah. Yeah, we'll beep that. Uh, and I almost got fired because of that guy, because people started calling in and saying I got hung up on by Jeff. And they were like, ah, he is fuck, he is he is Hanging bullshit. Up on people, yeah. He is bullshit. And so they were monitoring me twice as hard. And they found out the other Jeff was hanging up on people, and he got fired like the next very day. Very quickly, yeah. Very quickly. Almost took me out with him. Yeah. Uh, and I remember, uh, like I said, Jeff's our Jeff, Jeff's manager, Dave, didn't like him very much and didn't want to promote him. Didn't want to give him the bump. Uh, and uh, like Dave and I were were hanging out. We had a basketball hoop in the parking lot, I don't know if you remember mm -hmm. that. And Dave and I were hanging out by in the parking lot one day. He like he liked Dave like shooting hoops, and I was like, Dave, if you're not going to promote him, give him to me. I'll take him as my employee. Mm -hmm. And then and like I, I just have to I kept having to beat up on Dave, and I was like, I'll trade you one of my other employees for Jeff. I like traded him one of my other good. It was like it's like a sports team. <laughs> I, tra I traded him one of my other good employees so I could take Jeff on, and then Jeff became my employee only very briefly, just because I was like, we need to promote Jeff. We need to keep Jeff around. So like Jeff became my employee for the briefest amount of time, and I was like, all right, you're promoted. Yeah. You're like that's it. You're you, like this is stupid that we're playing this like this politics game and this dance at a call center. At a call center. Yeah. For people who were just making, just working there for beer money. Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life is full of twists and turns, stress, changes, grief, moments of growth, and moments where we feel like we're just taking a few steps back. It's important to show up for yourself through all the struggles life can bring. BetterHelp Online Therapy is here for the twists and turns and will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. I think it's great that therapy's really been destigmatized and that, you know, it's something 
everyone's a lot more comfortable talking about and uh, that it's a lot easier to find the help you're looking for with uh, things like this. You know, it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online and the services available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp is a great way to show up for yourself and invest in your well-being because, well, you deserve some inner peace. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. You can check those out at betterhelp.com slash reviews. And if you're interested in it, you can visit betterhelp.com slash anma. That's our podcast name, A-N-M-A. That's better, H-E-L-P. Join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. So again, that's a special offer for Anma listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Anma. Do, do you want to tell, the, or should we tell the story about when the, well, well there's, there's two stories I want to tell here. <laughs> there's the story about the guy who hired himself. Uh, yeah, and then yeah we got to tell that there's story. There's the story about the attempted midnight robbery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can also talk about Jason and his interactions with the company. Uh, I feel like we could do an entire podcast just in stories about this call center, yeah. now that I think about it. We, uh, the, we had, so there was a, when I started in February 98, the call center was still really small. A typical shift might be three or four people. Mm-hmm. By the time Jeff came on, uh, there had been a renovation and expansion. Mm-hmm. I don't know specifically what a, 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 a shift was when you started. It was probably like 20 people. Yeah. No, it was like 12. It was 12? About 12 people. And uh, the company had about 60 yeah. when I when I got hired. Uh, and then, you know. They've but, got like 1,500 now, by the way. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah. huge. They're a, they're a massive company it, now. it remains to be seen. Jury's still out on whether Gus and I made the right decision when we rolled the dice <laughs> no, and no. left the company. You might have blown it by starting Rooster he, Teeth. He's, he's not joking. I'm not joking. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was like a, a low double digit employee over there, you know, yeah. you know like as far as like hire date, uh, and then we, it's, it's undergone crazy expansion. But by the time you know Jeff was also, we were both managers. There was a, the shifts had grown quite a bit. There was yeah. and there's a lot of turnover in that business. You know, we hire a lot of at the time we hired a lot of college students. Show up, work for a while, quit, no big deal, right? That's circle of life. We tried yeah. to make the job as easy as possible so that even if someone had no technology, they could come in and very quickly get up to speed and start taking calls. But uh, because of this rapid turnover, uh, sometimes there was poor communication on the management side. Sometimes yeah. employees would show up for their first day and be like, oh, well, I don't have your paperwork. I don't know. Well, let's get you started in the system. And you get them going. Oh One day, this dude showed up. It <laughs> 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 was like, hey, I'm here for training. Neither of us was working on this day. It was uh, right. Another manager was working. It was like, oh, uh, well, I don't have any of your hire date or your paperwork. It's like, well, let's just get you started in training and everything. Started the training, started him taking calls. And it wasn't until payrolls get, the next payroll was getting run that I think it was Bernie yeah. Who was like running the payroll is like, hey, who is this guy? He's not in the system. We can't pay him because we don't have any of his information. So then they had to retroactively put it in. And then later uh, he admitted that, yeah, he, he just showed up and said he'd been hired and said he was here for day one of training. And Brian no was it. the manager. Didn't catch it. And was uh, and so we just he hired himself. Yeah. And uh, he promoted himself to level two. Yeah. Same he, same way. He was he was a good employee. <laughs> He also he also here comes here comes here, the crazy here twist. comes the crazy twist. He also played Donut in Red versus Blue. What? Dan that, Godwin. That's how we met Dan. That's how we met Dan Godwin. Was he hired himself at the call center? And we're yeah. like, oh, that guy, that guy's a go getter. That guy. <laughs> <What? laughs> 
this is insane. Yeah, there, yeah. There's so many weird stories like that with that call center and that people we know still to this day and that we've worked with for, for a long time. Yeah, like I consider Gus my oldest friend in Austin, but technically I've known Jason a little bit longer, Jason Saldana, the guy that plays Tucker, because we tr- started training together on day one at that call center. So we met each other. There was like four people in training. We met each other that day. And then he was he was such a piece of shit employee at that company. Dude, he also was very smart, got promoted to level two. I, I want to tell how I met Jason. I would love to hear it. So I want to uh, tell how I met you. Okay. We, you know, this was a, a call center, obviously, a bunch of computers. And, you know, at the night, at nighttime when there weren't as, there wasn't as much call volume, obviously the shifts got smaller, so you did, all the computers weren't in use. So sometimes we would go, and it had a really fast connection to the internet. Mind you, this is the late 90s. So sometimes, you know, at night, some of us would go over and we'd play like Quake or Doom or whatever, because it's all these network PCs, they're all on the internet. So we would have like uh, Quake, Quake 2, I think it was at the time, actually. Quake 2 sessions at night. And uh, Jason, I believe he lived on campus at UT at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. He didn't want to drive down because the call center was down in South Austin off of Ben White. He didn't want to drive down there, so he'd connect from his dorm room at UT. And uh, uh, so he just like started joining our Quake 2 matches, and his Quake 2 name was Poop. It was Poopy. Poopy. So I was like, who the hell is this Poopy guy? Like, oh, it's Jason. He works with us. That was his nickname for 10 years. Yeah, we called him Poop we called that. Him, we called him Poop for like 10 years. And he hated it. <laughs> and guess what? When you hate a nickname, it's going to get used more. I remember one of the funniest moments of my life is we had another friend who worked there named Bradley, and he was dating a girl who was really cool who had a twin sister. And Jason was single at the time. <laughs> and we were all at like a, we were at Emo's going to see a band. The old and emos. I was The old Emo's. And we were, I was trying to facilitate like a, I was trying to like wingman a little bit. Did not go that way. Uh, and I introduced Jason to this girl, and I wasn't thinking. And I go, oh, hey, I don't remember her name, but I go, oh, hey, this is my friend Poop. And she goes, and he goes, Ugh. and I go, and she goes, oh, that's sad. <laughs> I'll never forget that reaction. That was the it best was the reaction in the world. reaction I've ever seen. Just the, just her face, and she just went, oh, that's sad. <laughs> and she's like saying it to herself, you know? And it was... <laughs> And he used to beg us and be like, I really seriously don't like it. Can we stop? No, no, especially asshole us in our early and mid-20s. That was not going away. When we were both employees on the floor, he he was so brazen with how he didn't give a shit. He would be like, we'd just be sitting there working two hours into a six-hour shift. And he would go, I don't want to be here anymore. And I'm like, yeah, well, what are you going to do? we got four hours to go. And he goes, I think I'm just going to leave. And I go, you can't do that. And he goes, watch this. And he'd go, hey, Brian, I'll see you tomorrow. And just walk out the door. And Brian would go, uh, just like okay. look at him. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, have a good day. And they never got in trouble. And it's never. not like it's not like the team leader didn't know. We had the schedule right in front of us. We could see the comings and goings, yeah. so we knew, you know, what the call volume was going to be and keep track of the employees. You knew the schedule. It was on right in front of you the whole time. He was just so confident with it. Yeah. Phenomenal. Do you remember uh, if we're talking about employees there and uh, being brazen? Do you remember? Uh, did you ever work with Robert? Uh, which Robert are we talking about? Uh, again, we, we need to we bleep, bleep this bleep name. The last name. Are we talking? Yeah. Okay. He was uh, not a great employee. Uh, great guy to drink with. Great guy to drink with. Maybe the best hey, drinking buddy yeah. we've ever had. He, he was not a bad employee, but he wasn't like a phenomenal employee. Very smart. Incredibly smart guy. Um, but he would show up to work in the morning, you know, hungover uh-huh. usually. Uh, big drinker. We'd always, we'd always, we hung out with the guy all the time at night. But he would show up to work hungover in the morning, and he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't. You would, you picture like a cubicle farm. That's where we were all sitting for our, our, our taking our calls. Here comes a trash truck, by the way. Yeah. Audio Little texture. audio texture. 
He wouldn't sit at the... It's maybe too much texture for a second. He, he wouldn't sit at the cubicle. He would sit under it. And, like, he was on the floor under the cubicle. And the only way you knew Robert was there working is every now and then his hand would come out <laughs> and to, hit, like, the hit the phone to answer it whenever it was ringing. <laughs> and there was just, like, a headset dangling under the, under the cubicle onto the floor. That's awesome. I remember, like, one of the managers one day going over to him and going, Hey, Robert... I'm going to need you to sit in your chair. And he goes, I'll get you tomorrow, man. This <laughs> <laughs> is the best. <laughs> Dude. But this was Austin in the late 90s. Yeah, it's like, you know, whatever. People, the entire city felt like that. You know, that was the charm. So how did how did you two meet then? Well, uh, you remember the story. You were going to tell it. So I, I was going to say, I mean, I don't remember... Yeah, I do kind of remember the day. Uh, so first off, this is going to sound hilarious. I was intimidated by Gus. That's really hilarious because if you picture me in the late '90s, like he was all I, head. I was th- I was probably 30 pounds lighter then than I am now. Like I was a skeleton with a giant head. He was, and the reason I was intimidated by, by Gus was two reasons. One, he was very. I mean, he was Gus, so he's like a prick from the get go, without meaning to be. It's just his personality, right? Uh, and he was, I was, you know, I was faking it till I made it at that place. I was not a tech guy. I had only, I think I mentioned last time, I had only got hired because I had PA'd on a film uh, and could talk movies. And so I was scared of him because he was the guy I had to go and ask for help. And I, he just always looked at me like I was so fucking stupid that I should have known this. Uh, and he was also one of the cool kids at the place. That, uh, wow. Okay. No, seriously. That's news to me. Seriously. There were like, there were like, there was the, the, the Jacobs and uh, there was the Justin. <laughs> Those were the cool were guys. I was the, not part of that group. Gus was a part of them. No, I, I, I was not part I of that group. I always thought he he rolled in that circle. And so I was kind of intimidated by him. The people he's naming, they're the people who worked there when I started. Like, yeah. they were like the old guys. I didn't have that historical knowledge when I worked there. He was just talking to those guys when I came in. And they were all very intimidating. They all, like, they ran the show there. Uh, and I felt really dumb all the time so I was kind of intimidated uh, by that whole scene and I was determined to, to break in and, to, and make friends because I'm 23 I'm just out of the army I'm in a city where I don't know anybody I literally moved to Austin uh, we can get in that some other time but I moved to Austin without a place to live I just like my wife and I at the time we showed up at the first it just happened to be on William Cannon, the first apartment complex that had a, a sign in front of it that said they were uh, they had a vacancy. And I just rolled in with a U-Haul that day and said, can I move in today? And they said, yeah, absolutely. I forgot I used to live off of William Cannon. Yeah, Canyon. it was a place called Cooper's Hill. It's gone now. Yeah. It's something else now. Uh, so I got invited to a party from one of the other level twos, this girl. And so I was like, I got to go. Was it Lindsay? Uh, it was Well, it was Lindsay and... Uh, Laura. Laura. Okay. Yeah, Lindsay and Laura, they were living together, I think. And, it was uh, like off of uh, Old Torf, right? It was uh, <laughs> We can tell you some stories about those guys. <laughs> you remember Snatches? <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. Uh, like I said, we got we worked at this call center together for five and a half years. We got tons of stories we could tell about it. Uh, but uh, So I went to that party, and the party, they said, started at 9. But I heard it wrong, and it started at 10, and I showed up at 9 with my ex-wife. <laughs> and they oh. didn't know what to do with this, and it, they were just getting ready, and we sat on their sofa <laughs> for an hour just feeling 
It's so horrible. Like once I was in the door, I couldn't leave. I couldn't be like, oh, I'll be back in an hour. And I knew if I left, I'd never come back. And I'd never yeah, talk to those people yeah. again. And so they were like, just still chill. <laughs> they gave me a drink. And like, we just sat there. And I'm like, can we help? And they're like, no, 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 we got it. And they're like putting makeup on and getting ready and putting out chips and stuff. And we're just sitting in this shitty apartment off Riverside, my ex-wife and I, just like watching them for an hour. Gus was the first person to walk in the door. I'm very and punctual. Just, and I was it at ten? At like yeah, it was like at ten oh one or whatever. Listen, and, uh, at ten, I'm there. And I just went straight for him. And I just like I gotta talk to somebody. There's the guy. I want to be friends with those guys anyway. And I just struck up a conversation I, with him. I totally forgot about this. That's I, hilarious. I don't remember what we talked about. Probably talked about work. Who knows? Yeah. I don't remember how awkward it was. But the night ended with us going. And I don't know if you remember this. The night ended with us, you and I, and my ex-wife at the time, and a couple of the people. I don't remember who else was with us. Probably Theo or somebody. And uh, you guys all went to Casino El Camino. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you let me tag along. And that was the first time I'd ever been to Casino. And our friendship was cemented that night by the end of the night at Casino. Casino rules. That reminds me, that, that time you and I went to Casino, I was in the middle of a streak where every time I went to Casino El Camino, Starship Troopers was playing on the TV there. It was like six times in a row, and I was convinced like there was something wrong with me because every time I walked in, it was always Starship Troopers, and it was always more or less the same place in the movie. It's like in the training <laughs> montage where they're in the shower, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's going on here? We should do a whole episode about Casino someday. Yeah, we should, we should do an episode we should do it Casino. at Casino in the, the back. little courtyard in the back. Yeah, they have that I, courtyard. I haven't been there in... I haven't been there a long time. Are you serious? Probably 10 years. That's that's my probably my favorite bar in Austin and my favorite burger in yeah. Austin. used to be. I, I, it's gone through some quality... Ups and downs. Ups it and happens. Ebbs and flows. But. Really? Those guys who make those burgers that <laughs> like that have the quality yeah, we uh, have some, rationality? We have some great stories about Casino. Some sad stories about Casino, actually. I, I, I do want to talk about Casino. Maybe we should save that for if we yeah. do an episode there. But you said a name that reminded me of another story. Please, go for it. <laughs> you mentioned Theo. Oh, yeah. You were going <laughs> to tease this story last time. So... Again, this is all, just to put it in context, this, a lot of these stories are like late 90s, early 2000s, uh, totally different world than now. It's raining now, by the way, a little audio yeah. texture for you. Um, the first digital camera I ever saw in my life was at that call center. Yes. The call center bought a digital camera to like take photos, like headshots of the employees to attach to their profile on like the intranet. That way you could like look up employees and see who you're talking about and everything. And you could... Since this, it rarely got used. Like, if they were going to use the camera, they were going to use it at, like, 9 a.m. on training days. And all the other times, it wasn't being used. So you could check it out kind of like a library. If you were an employee, you could check out this camera and From take Bernie. it home. Yeah. And this camera was so old, it used AA batteries, and it connected to computers via a serial port because USB didn't exist yet. Oh yeah. And if you filled up the internal storage of this camera, which was probably only, like, 100 megabytes or something... And you wanted to transfer the photos via your serial connection to your computer. Uh, if, if the camera was filled with photos, the batteries would die before you could transfer all the photos off of it because the connection was so slow. But anyway, anyway, getting ahead of myself here. You could check it out and you could do, you know, take photos, do whatever, and then like turn it back into uh, to the company. And uh, one day we were all hanging out. I think we were all on shift. And uh, Theo came in. He like returned the camera. And he's like, oh, man. He, like, sat down. He's like, that camera's great. You can tell all kinds of things. He's like, yeah, that must be neat. I hadn't used it yet by this point. And he's like, yeah, you know, I took it home. And, you know, I did that first, same thing everyone does when they first get a digital camera. Took a picture of my balls. And there was, like, this long pause. <laughs> and we're all like, what? He goes, yeah, you know, I just got the camera down real low. Got a low angle. I want to see what my gooch looks like. And he was like, I made my balls look huge. <laughs> we were like, Theo, are you fucking with us? He's like, no, you all did it. Come on. He's like, come you, on. Everybody like, took a picture of their balls. It's the first thing you did when you got the camera home. You took a picture of your balls. We're like, no, Theo. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> yeah, and he just like tried to pass it off so nonchalant, like. Everyone, everyone does that. Like, you're weird for not taking a picture of your balls. And he was such an outwardly cool guy. Like, he had cool hair, and he was in a band, like a math rock band, and he was like, oh, God. It, uh, so whenever I think of digital cameras, I inevitably think of Theo taking a picture of his balls. And like he, and now there's, like, there's cameras everywhere. He was so indignant, too, I remember. Oh, God. God he was so, so, he was so, and he was, like, gleeful that he made his balls look big. Like, yeah. he wanted big balls. And with the angle, he made him look huge. It was the 90s, you know? Yeah. God, different time. Oh, my God. So so you guys struck up a friendship at that party in a casino. Yeah. Was it like Fast Friends thing? or yeah. was it? Yeah, oh, pretty really? much, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, uh, I don't remember what? the courtship. Well, I think. <laughs> exactly. I th- I, if, if I remember right, I think early on, uh, it, it probably wasn't the first thing we talked about, but very early on, we talked about making content on the internet together. Yeah. Because Jeff had already been making a zine. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I had, you know, I grew up in the punk scene in the 80s and the 90s, and so I started making zines when I was, like, 15. Then uh, my last, you know, I joined the Army in 93 as a photojournalist and public affairs specialist, and so the last year and a half I was in the Army, I was in uh, Fort Monmouth, New Jersey, at the United States Military Academy Preparatory School, and uh, they wanted a website. And uh, so they came to me and they said, hey, you're the website guy. And I go, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, figure it out. And so the last year, I had no choice, but it was my job to teach myself how to make websites in like Netscape Gold or whatever. And so in the process, I learned how to make their website. And I started, I I had my, it was my my light bulb moment where I went, I should move all my zine stuff online. And so I started making all my punk zines online. And then I think we bonded over. Yeah, and then I knew, like around the same age when I was like, it's a regular truck. That's, That's just, just a truck. It's just a truck. This is the loudest thing. Yeah. When, I, when I was the same age, when I was around 15, I learned how to make web servers. <laughs> and I learned how to host web servers. And I learned the, the very technical side of that. So then I was like, well, I want to make content, but I don't know how to... Like, I knew how to very fundamentally make websites. I know why you're laughing. <laughs> I could make very rudimentary websites. But I needed someone to work with to help me with that. And Jeff knew how to make websites as well. So I was like, we can make websites together, and we can make funny stuff on the internet. Yeah. And why are you laughing, Jeff? Uh, I'm laughing because in the process of this, Gus showed me the first website no, no, he no. ever you made. No, no, no. You found it on your it. I found it. He told me about it. Uh-huh. Told me it doesn't exist anymore, uh-huh. but I could tell it did, and so I tracked it down. <laughs> it was a website Gus learned how to make, I think, in math camp or it something. It was at math camp. I used to go to math camp every summer. And it was the it was like the official, like the unofficial. Gus grew up in Eagle Pass, Texas. Uh, Middle of nowhere. Like Middle of closest nowhere. town to border San Antonio, town. which is like a three-hour drive. Right across the border from Piedras Negras. Yes. Uh, which I think is where they made nachos first or something. Yeah, the nacho was invented there. Yeah. And uh, he took me to the restaurant where they invented the nachos. That, that restaurant's closed. It doesn't exist anymore. Oh. You're, you're lucky you got to go there. That sucks. Um, well, I'm glad I got to go. Anyway, so I find this website that he made in high school, and it's called, it's Gus's, like, unofficial Eagle Pass, Welcome to Eagle Pass website. And he, he's literally, he goes, hey, my name's Gus, take a ride on the Gus bus, and let For me the show record, you Eagle he's Pass. Do, he's doing a voice. There was no voice on this website. And there was a picture of, like, a VW bus. Remember that? It was, like, yeah. this blue VW bus. And there was, like, a whole page devoted to the Blue, blue Oyster, Oyster Cult. Cult. <laughs> it was the Eagle Pass and Blue Oyster Cult fan site. Because my pedophile computer science teacher was a Blue Oyster Cult fan, and he, I was like, oh, Blue Oyster Cult's pretty cool. So I, I show that to Gus. He's horrified. 
it spreads like wildfire through the office, right, through the tech company. And then l- within a day, he got it taken down. He had to track down his high school teacher. The, the problem was, yeah, it was like a math camp. I didn't remember how to log into that server. I had to, like, find the people who administered that uh, that computer network down at Texas State. It was Southwest <laughs> Texas back then. And have them take that website offline. Oh, he was so horrified. Take a ride on the Gus bus. Take a ride on the Gus bus. I wonder if I could find, I bet I could still find that same VW bus image. I should look for it. You should. And see you if should, I can find it. Do you have your zine stuff anywhere? Uh, no. No, I mean, like, not online stuff, but, like, any, like, zine, like, in print, like, anything like that? I don't know. I don't, I'd have to look back through my old stuff. I mean, I've moved so many times, you know, shit gets thrown away. But that's part of why I wanted to do the face zine, was yeah. just to, like, kind of li- play in that world again yep. a little bit. Um, but I think that's really, and here we are still, you know, 2022, like working together, collaborating, making contacts much easier now than it was back then. But it Long, was longest it, creative partner of my life, by yeah, the way. It was such a niche thing back then. Like, oh, you want to make stuff and you want to make it online? Like, making s- stuff online, like in the late 90s, like, what was it? Like, it, it was fan pages and yeah. like, the, like the, the cringy shit I made in high school. Like that was it. So it's like we wanted to try to make original things. And that's like when we were talking about driving around and the reason we stopped here when it was just a doctor's office was we were making content back then. We would go to garage sales and we would take photos of stuff we would find and just like invent humorous stories and post it like blog style on the internet. And, uh, that was like a big thing we would do for years just trying to find stuff to, to, po- to post online. Yeah, we would, uh, we called it drunk sailing. S-A-I-L-I-N-G. Like garage sailing. Like garage sailing, drunk sailing. And I would wear a little captain's hat, like a, <laughs> like a little captain boater's hat, and we would write these stories. They were like photo essays, yeah. right? About how we were hungover, and then uh, we would like we would come up with little, like, we'd just make bullshit up. Like, we got into a car accident, we ran somebody off the road, did, like, and then this happened. Take a picture of a car wreck that we saw, you know, stuff and, like that. And we were just, like, taking the piss out of stuff and just telling these stories of, and we were essentially just trying to find old video games. That's all it was. Uh, at yard sales. But we made we crafted these little stories about them, and people really latched on to that and liked it in a way that I don't think we recognized at the time. And then we found out years later that people believed a lot of that shit. Yeah, they thought like, "Wow, did you get away with running those cars off the and road?" Like, it was all made up. It was. All, I mean, the hungover, the hangover stuff was real. We were always hungover. Gus used to have to drag me out of bed in those days. Yeah. But then after that was for our second website, drunk, drunk gamers, drunk gamers. Uh, and after we stopped making that, some community members from that site uh, who lived in Chicago continued to do that oh, yeah, and yeah. put it online for like another seven or eight years. Wow. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. It was it was interesting that that idea lived on and had its own life with them and then their scene for a long time. Yeah. it was uh, That stuff was a lot of fun. And, you know, looking back, I remember, you know, we had a website counter. I think at its peak, like those stories, we would get like 3,000 views a day, which was huge. huge. Back then. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, that's massive. There's like... A couple thousand people who are into this and who want to like come see what we're doing, and that's how I would drag Jeff out of bed on the Saturday morning. Yeah. Like, hey, listen, we got to make this. There's people who want to see There's this. Like two hundred people waiting to see yeah, what who, happens. Who want, who want to see what we're going to do today? <laughs> and uh, we came up with. I don't. Should we talk about the um, garage sale games we came up with? I don't want like people to take this in a bad direction. We never did these because they yes. were a little too evil. Or if we did them, we're not acknowledging that we did them. Yeah. But because I, I was gonna say we should roll into dr- ugly internet and where we started, but oh. that's that's probably a conversation for that's probably a whole episode. That's a whole other one. So let's yeah let's so, let's stick with garage sales. So you know again late nineties early two thousands garage sales got advertised in newspapers or like little yard signs you put a sign up garage sale pointing in this direction or be, like or news groups news groups yeah so we came up with like almost like guerrilla style garage sales we wanted to make. Or we wanted, like, 
I don't know what you would call it. I, guerrilla style garage sale might be the best descriptor. Performance art. Performance art. We called one surprise garage sale. <laughs> where we would advertise a garage sale at an address and not tell the people there. This, and then yeah. set it, it for 7 a.m. And then we would show up and set up a garage sale in the front yard at 7 a.m. And start selling stuff until they came and kicked us out. <laughs> we had another one we called the Grand Prix. Where we would <laughs> we would set up garage sale signs that said "garage sale this way," and it would keep pointing you, but it pointed you in a big circle around the block. And the goal was to see how many times you could make people do laps, and who could get the fastest lap time. And I'm for a garage sale that doesn't exist. I'm not saying we did that one, but if we had, it worked very well. I'll or, just say that we also had reverse garage sale where you would show up with your own stuff you were trying to sell at someone's garage sale, and you would try to sell them something you brought to them. Yeah. So it's like, they're trying to sell all their shit, but you bring your stuff there and try to sell it to them. It was wild. <laughs> we, uh, we also had one where you, we, we, similar to the first one, Gorilla Garage Sale, but you, you get up at like 4 a.m., you set a bunch of signs to a house, and then you get to that house, and then you just put a sign that says yard, yard sale around back and just points to their backyard, <laughs> and then you just sit back and watch people just start walking through somebody's backyard. <laughs> Because there's a there's a lot of trust involved with these garage sale ads, as you realize now when we're yeah. we're saying all this. There's a lot of trust that's easily exploitable uh, with hilarious outcomes. Oh my god! Um, now I don't know what the statute of limitations is in the state of Texas, <laughs> but I will say for the record, Gus and I are not acknowledging that we did any. We're, of these we're things. saying these are bad things, and you should not be doing these. things. Having an idea and 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 then uh, acting on that idea are two entirely different things. Oh man! For the record. <laughs> Uh, uh, like, those were we we spent a lot of time thinking about garage sales and going to garage sales, which is why we started thinking about funny twists to them. Like this yeah. is, in a way, this is kind of like breaking video games. It's the same thing, where it's like yeah. you play a video game, you're like I want to do the thing that they don't expect me to do. And well, it's yeah, it's sort of like the. I mean, I don't think we either of us recognized it at the time, but it was we shared a certain comedic and creative sense of expression. Yeah. Uh, and Assholes. Well, yeah. Well, it was very Gen X, I think. I'm, yeah. <laughs> as I'm learning, I'm, I'm reading a lot of Chuck Klosterman in my old age, and I'm, I'm learning a lot about uh, why I did the things I did growing up. It's fascinating. Uh, but it, it was very much of a time, and I don't think we realized it. We, it just made sense to us. Like we were just bored kids yeah. looking for fun. It was an extension of all the shit I was doing in high school in Alabama, and I assume all the stuff that Gus was doing in Eagle Pass. Trying to. Trying to. And uh, it, but, but never with any malicious intent. It was just to make ourselves laugh. We we're just trying to make ourselves laugh, and uh, and we just kept fumbling through it, and eventually, eventually landed on people really like some stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was. I have a lot of stuff I want to talk about with ugly internet, but we we should say that because there's a lot. I mean, a lot. A ugly lot. internet was was, I would say, one of the most formative things that happened to us. I want to. Yeah, uh, we learned a lot. I mean. Scared the shit out of ourselves. Yeah, that's the thing I want to talk about, but yeah. we'll have to save that for uh, for well, like a well, let's episode. save it. We're right around like that 40, 45 minute mark. I don't want to. That's probably like, enough. Yeah, like we're running out of steam. But can we take guesses at what Anma means again? Oh, oh, right. Uh, that's, I have doing excellent I, producing. I do have. I'm trying. Uh, I have to. I have to do good one time at least once. You've been, uh, you've been a lot of good today. The I think, and this is a this is a, a guess from my wife as well. Um, a new meat alternative. Leaning oh. on the vegan oh. Yeah, I do like eating plant based stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I I shot my wad last week. I don't know. You gotta you gotta think. Just think. And, uh, and just, what's a uh, apples? Okay, and n Apple. need, need. uh huh microaggressions. 
Apples oh. need microaggressions. They okay. do. They, now, get, they get real uppity. Now, here's the thing. I like my guess, but we know that Gus's actual name is Dream Logic. Yes. So, I feel like your guess is a lot closer. <laughs> It's just like, I love dreams because your brain's just like laying the track in front of you. Like, it's building it as you're looking around like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Oh, God, what does that mean? Uh, it, are either of us on the money with the name? No, uh, unfortunately no. not. Okay. Out of all the guesses so far, have we nailed one of the words yet? No. Okay. Jesus. This is like the most complicated uh, day of Wordle ever. Yeah, really. It's tough. But if you want to make a guess, you can tweet at us at Anma Podcast. When, when, are we gonna actually, when am I actually going to say it? When we get it right. Oh, you're never going to get it. It's never going to happen. No, okay. I think we will. I think we're getting close. I think we got I think it. We're eliminating what, words. We're at episode three. Yeah. And I think we're already like, okay, you said we haven't gotten a word yet. We, there's only so many A words that we can lay down there. Only so and, many A words. And there's two A. Think about it. We get two chances every yeah, week. Yeah. Think about it. Between the two of us, that's four chances every week. Plus, all the people who are tweeting at us, there might be a couple of good ideas that okay, the uh, listeners let, put out let there. Me, let me give an asterisk to the anime. Okay. There is no N word. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. God damn it. So, uh, so is Ann a word? It's Ann M A. It's complicated. This is great. Don't give me anything more <laughs> than that. That's all I want. This is good, guys. Don't forget, it's complicated. But you can follow us on Twitter at Anima Podcast, on Instagram at Anima Podcast, A N M A Podcast. You know uh, what it stands for. Yeah, you it's know your favorite podcast. <laughs> guys, you, you know what it is. It stands for laughs. <laughs> Laughma. Um, this was good. Man, okay. I, I really like getting a cup of coffee and then listening to these stories is like, this is great. It's a good way to start your day. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Now there's audio texture of dogs barking. Look at those dogs. They're oh. so mad. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, we'll be back again next week not telling you what the name of the podcast is. <laughs> Bye, Gus. Bye, Jeff.